G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, October 22, Cox Plate Weekend. I'm John Barker, joining me as usual, my Winning Post colleagues, Joel Marshall and Dan Nuttall. Well, uh, Joel, as I've written about in the publications this week, um, the since 2014, apart from Winks, Every Cox Plate winner has been having his or her first start in Australia. There's only one in that category in this Saturday's race, and that's El Bodegon. And plenty of people want to uh, say that he is the big danger to Animo. Are you believing the hype there? Uh, well, I've left him out of my four, spoiler alert, but I think he, uh, I think you've got to respect him just you know, for what you've, what you've sort of uh, hinted at there in recent history with the Cox Plate, you know, winks out. It's been a bit of a, of a international domination, really. So, look, I think he's got to be respected. Um, Animo looks very hard to beat, doesn't he? But to, there wasn't a lot between him and those other rivals that went across the line in the uh, the Might and Power Stakes there at Caulfield. So, you know, the others probably don't have to improve too much to turn the tables. And if he's only slightly off a little bit, then I think it's a pretty open year, to be honest. And Dan, there's a couple of big three-year-old races in a big mares race up in Sydney on Saturday. You've spoken to uh, Suman Hedge, who has the Caulfield Guineas runner-up elliptical heading for the spring champion, and uh, the spring champion winner uh, won't be in that race. So what um, what's the confidence levels like there? Yeah, well, of course, elliptical coming out of that Caulfield Guineas, um, good run behind Golden Mile, running second, and there was some sort of talk, probably more media generated than anything else about elliptical possibly playing one a three-year-old in the, in the Cox Plate field, but um, the stable elected to say before the Spring Champion Stakes, which he lines up, I think it'll be really hard to beat. He's obviously a query, a query at the distance, but stable and connection seem to be confident he'll run a, a good race and. Race it. Look, it's pretty. Um, uh, it should be a pretty competitive affair. Of course, Renaissance Woman adds a bit of intrigue after impressively winning the Ethereal last week in Melbourne. A couple of last start winners. I think that'll be a good race. But yeah, in terms of confidence levels, they seem to think he'll um, he'll certainly handle the task and uh, be very competitive at elliptical. And I think he will be too. All right, massive Saturday of racing coming up. But before we get to that, let's think about Friday night, where there is. Uh, a full field in the Manicato Stakes, 14 runners and uh, four emergencies, and a pretty handy field. Uh, we've said in recent years, or it's been said in recent years, that uh, the Everest has had a deleterious effect on the Manicato, but uh, this one looks pretty good. Uh, the likes of Cool and Gatta, Paul Laley, uh, and uh, a few other handy types here. It's certainly a genuine group one. Joel, what did you fancy? It's race seven at the Valley on Friday night. Ladbrokes Manicato stakes worth two million. Group one, weight for age over 1,200. Yeah, well, I've, uh, I think I've got the top four favourites as my first four. Unusual. I'm pretty, yeah, a little bit unusual for me. Um, I'm pretty keen on number 10, Ballinipatina, and I think there's only a couple of dangers. So I thought her run was outstanding in the Moya. She was wide um, against the pattern and just kept coming and only just missed picking up uh, Cool and Gatter that night. She looks to have come back in super order, third up, ready to fire. Craig Williams from an inside draw. I think he'll just have her in the right spot. And I think she's very hard to beat. I think Pulele is the big danger. Uh, he was 
also off the speed in the Moya, 1,000, just a bit sharp too that night, but then went to Caulfield, took a needle eye opening and won well. He's ready to be, uh, you know, sort of absolutely at his peak here, third up. And in for third, I've got number seven, Rothfire. I think he's the other threat because he didn't have much luck in the Moya, uh, mainly due to Balanipatina sort of keeping him in a pocket and always fully stretch out. But I think he wants 1,200 now. He maps to park just off them and... I think he gets his chance out to that longer trip. So I, I'm going to be surprised if the winner comes outside of those three. And I tossed up for fourth between Cool and Gatter and Best of Bordeaux. But I put Cool and Gatter in just from the inside gate. She's just going to lob right there. Best of Bordeaux does have good speed and he'll come across. And if he doesn't do too much work, he might be able to run a good race. But uh, no, I'm going to be backing Bell and Patina straight out. 10, 5, 7, 14. With Pillaley on top, um, like the win in the Scalacci, of course, was sort of sweating on a run, took that um, tight gap, as, as Joel referenced, and won well, beating the stablemate ingratiating. 1,200 metres, I think, will suit. And look, he's run really well behind Marzu in a Doom for 10,000 over the trip. Um, he maps well. He will just be just off the speed. And with luck, I think, is the one to beat. I'm going to have an each-way play, a smaller bet on September Run, who is a Group 1 winner over this track and trip. First up in the Moya, just got back in the field in between runners there and never really came on sort of race. Um, but, you know, sort of fought out up on the speed there. But up to 1,000 metres, um, as, as I said, she won second up the William Reid last preparation. She'll be spotting a start, September, uh, so sorry, barrier 13. It'll just be how quickly they go in front and those back markers if they're getting a chance on the night. But... She's a really classy mare, and um, we know she's up to this level. So I thought it was over the odds of nine, September run. 14, Cool and Gatter. She ran a strong 1,200 metres. That's the query. Um, but it was a tough, determined win with 50 kilos in the Moya. Only carries a kilo more here. And in for fourth, I have the 10, Bellina Patina, the uh, runner-up in the Moya. 5, 9, 14, 10. All right, fun facts about the Manicato Saddlecloths 1 to 5 have provided eight of the past nine winners. So uh, Pulele just sneaks into that. And Sea Siren 2012 is the only mare in the past 14 years to win the Manicato. So perhaps not ba- uh, not great news for Bella Nipitina and uh, and the other one that uh, you fancied there in uh, September run. But... Um, I think that's a fairly deceptive stat because before that 14-year period, mares were winning it all the time. In fact, they won seven of the previous ten with Dane Ripper, Sunline, Pia Vonick, Spinning Hill twice, Miss Andretti and Gold Edition. So it's been a great race for the mares down the years. We'll head to Saturday now at the Valley. And uh, the first is the English Banner, 1,000 metres. It's worth 500,000. It is uh, known as a restricted listed race because, of course, it is restricted to English graduates. And there's only seven in it. We haven't seen any of them before, Joel, so a bit of guesswork required. Yeah, well, I, I like two and four. Uh, I had Mexico on top in the first in Sydney, but they've elected to come down here where they've got James McDonald. Uh, both horses are around $6, so I'm probably going to back them both. I, I had Kate Byron. I liked his jump out. I only had the one. Um, so might lack a little bit of experience. Most of these have been around more than once in their jump outs, but I thought he did a good job. John Allen was aboard there at Cranbourne. He, he battled on well for third. Mexico was a bit green in his trial. Uh, that was at the Randwick trials prior to the Breeders' Plate, so he's had a bit of time since then, but they put the blinkers on, uh, so that should sharpen him up. And uh, and yeah, certainly should be a more furnished article here. Uh, one Arkansas kid, 
uh, jumped out with no pressure at all at Flemington. And six county of pennies has had three jump outs, and she's probably going to be over the odds because not a fashionable stable, but uh, she's got pretty a bit of speed. And I wouldn't be shocked if she ran well. Two, four, one, and six for me. I like the uh, Flemington jump out win of the one Arkansas kid. A good draw here. Um, on top for me, a race not much confidence, obviously, but one on top four in next Mexico. Obviously elected to take this Melbourne option. I like the way hit the line in a Sydney trial. Two Cape Byron and five Sailors Rum. One fourth, two and five. Mexico for me to beat Arkansas kid. Count your pennies in Sailors Rum. Four, one, six and five across to race three at the Valley on Saturday. Sharp extensive IT. Red anchor stakes, 1,200 metres. For three-year-olds, set weights and penalties at Group 3 level, Joel. Yeah, I've gone for one that's a huge odds here, number eight, Atlantic Ocean. He's going to need a little bit of luck from the gate, but he's a horse I've always had time for. I was following him in that first prep, and he finished third at Caulfield uh, to finish off his first campaign. Second in that race was uh, Shalale, who's going to go around one of the fancies here, and Atlantic Ocean's just been despised by the market. I think he's around 50 to 1. I thought his first up win at Warwick Farm was pretty good. He had the right run, but it was a good win, and I don't think we've seen the best of this colt, so I'm going to have a little play on him. Nine Great Barrier Reef, the stable made in for second, didn't have a lot of room in the Dane Hill last time out behind Giga Kick, which is obviously great form. Uh, in for third, number two, Sweet Ride, brings some pretty strong Sydney form lines down south. They were keen to get a run in the Manicato, but he's been left on the ballot there. And in for fourth, number six, Shalale, eight, nine, two, six. With Shalale, very uh, consistent colt. He's only missed the uh, top three once in seven starts. That was a, a pretty close up fourth against the older horses at Warwick Farm. First up on a wet track last start up to group three level. Had a good run, but went, ran well at, big, at a big price. I think ready now third up um, on top for me. I've got the nine in next Great Barrier Reef who uh, is, has been scratched from a race on the Friday night. <coughs> um, obviously that Danehill form Outstanding, fifth behind gear kick. Was um, hitting the line nicely there. Looks ready for 1,200 metres now. I, too, think Atlantic Ocean can run a big race or run over his uh, market value. Nice winner in first up. And, look, took on some pretty handy races in his first campaign. It was around the mark. And in for fourth, I have the one, Sajardin. 6981. And I am with... Great Barrier Reef to beat Shalaled, King's Consort and Mr. Tickles, 9, 6, 4 and 13. Race 4 at the Valley on Saturday, PFD Food Services, Crockett Stakes, 1,200 metres for three-year-old fillies, set weights and penalties. And uh, there's been a bit of action since we published on Thursday afternoon with H2O, Lady Laguna and Dashing Legend. Uh, or oh, one of those might have been out, but now there's three of them out. Joel, how did you see this one? Uh, very keen on number 12, Grace. I really like this filly, the sister to Loving Gabby. She showed enormous talent before the debut. Uh, just didn't handle the heavy 10 there in the Riesley and then once again was jumping out really well and just made a mess of her rivals at Geelong. The time stacked up well. I wouldn't be surprised if she won this and then turned up in the Coolmore in seven days' time. Uh, I'll have a little saver just because it's big odds. And I think she's got talent as well on number nine, What's Going On, from the Nisham Stable. She uh, trialled well before the debut, drew wide and was very strong there and went to, went to the Kenzo track and won her maiden really well. I certainly think she's got a stack of upside and, and is way over the odds. Uh, Three Willing a Beast brings the strong Sydney form lines. 
Uh, she's still an acceptor in Sydney, so not sure where they're headed with her, but she's obviously right in the mix here. And 10 Everglade uh, created a big impression. Not sure it was a an overly strong maiden on debut, although a little bit of form out of it, and uh, did win well, though, and has drawn nicely again. 12 from 9, 3 and 10. Uh, heading to Melbourne, I think, Joel, Willinga Beast, I read on, on Twitter. So uh, that horse, Philly's in my numbers, third pick, but I've got Grease on top as well. Really soft win first up. Uh, did it by a space and I think had a bit more to give there as well. So very promising Philly um, and on top here. In for second, I got Wee Nessie, who I was with in the Thoroughbred Club Group 3 race at Caulfield. Don't think he got a, she got a whole lot of luck there. Um We'll need a little bit of luck here from the, from the wide draw, but just, just in between runners and didn't really get a fair crack at them in that race, but wasn't far away. It'll be a good form race going forward. In for third, uh, Willinga Beast. And in for fourth, I got one at a big price, Tropicone, around 100 to 1. Look, don't think she beat a whole heap at Dubu. It was a, quite a heavy track at Cranbourne uh, that day, but she did it really easily. It was an impressive win to the eye. I think she too could have won by a bit more if uh, given the chance. And look, I know this is obviously a much tougher affair. Plenty of promising horses. Philly, she's up against here, but um, just think worth throwing into exotics at a big price. 12, 7, 3, and 14. I went for the impressive debut winner, Everglade, to beat uh, Greece Birdies Galore and Pretty Tarvi. In fact, made Everglade my value bet on the program. 10, 12, 8, and 16. Race 5 at the Valley on Saturday. Three Point Motors, Philly's Classic. 1,600 metres for three-year-old fillies, uh, group two at set weights. Joel? Uh, number six for me. She's pretty rich. Uh, didn't have a lot go right at Sandown in the Jim Maloney. Uh, was out wide, was running on, and then was just tightened up uh, by a runner on her outside. And Although she finished 12th of 16, she was only beaten four lengths, and she was in restricted room for the final furlong. So... You can make a case that she finishes a fair bit closer to the third place get a Hell Hath No Fury, who's going to go around much shorter price here. So I'm with six. I've got number two, Do It La, in for second, coming through the Edward Manifold. Had a pretty good run there and, and ran well. I don't think she's any star, but she's coming along nicely. Uh, in for third, number four, Bon Her, who comes through the Tranquil Star. And obviously those uh, atrocious conditions. Um, I'm sure if she had a setback or why they elected not to go to the 1,000 guineas, but um, here on fresh legs, and I think she can run well, and five. Uh, the previously mentioned hell hath no fury has to be a hope. Six each way from two, four, and five. What a moderate group two, this one. It's gone with one who's had the one start. It was a maiden at Cranbourne, but it was an impressive win. That's climbing star, the seven. Informed stable, Philip Stokes. Um, ran past a pretty good one in Calico Jack. Uh, and look, there are some gaps in behind those horses there. So impressive win to the eye. I think she can go on with it. And as I said, does it find doesn't strike a strikes a pretty moderate group too here at a second start. Um, in for second, I got one at a bit of a price. Queen Air, the twelve for the debut run, eighth of eleven at Geelong. Doesn't make for great reading, but she missed the start, had to go back. Um, and I thought ran on really well in restricted room, second last, second quickest last 400 and 200 metres of the race. The horse that ran the quickest um, 200 of that race was the quickest of the day. So I think it was a good run with not a whole lot going right. Of course, this is a tougher task, but I think she does have a bit of a future and um, was tabooing over 1,450 metres there. So plenty of benefit to come here and 1,600 metres does suit. 
Stuart La in for third. Um, of course, a good run last start in the Edward Manifold. And in for fourth, I have the five. Hell hath no fury. Seven, twelve, two, and five. Do it la for me to beat Bon Hur, Climbing Star, Hell Hath No Fury, 2, 4, 7, 5. Fun facts about the Mooney Valley Phillies Classic is that it's seen three dead heats in the past 24 years, which uh, is a fair old sort of strike rate given that we separate them by pixels these days. And the favourite has won seven of the past 14. Race six at the Valley on Saturday. Schweppes Crystal Mile, 1,600 metres Wait for age, group two. Joel? A pretty competitive affair here. Um, haven't seen... I've seen a, had a quick look at the Sale Cup and I see Vizanari's in there with Jamie Carr aboard. So, yeah, it could be an option for him. Not sure if any of the others have uh, duly accepted there, but it's a pretty a pretty competitive race, this. Um, I've gone with Tuvalu. Strong winner of the Turak second up. You just know what you're going to get. He's going to map... Well, put himself in the right spot from a good draw. And, yeah, I've lent his way. To be honest, it's not really a betting race for me, but I've, I've got him on top of six gentlemen. Roy, going to press forward, give you a really good sight. Uh, just continues to improve with each run. Uh, five, my Oberon, obviously the X Factor here. First start in Australia for Annabelle Neesham has to be respected. And nine, military expert, another horse that can go forward, put himself on speed. With all the speed about, it could suit a horse like Banker's Choice, who I've been giving a bit of a chance to, if they can run on. Uh, certainly he gets uh, probably thrown into your exotics. But, um, yeah, pretty wide open race. Not a lot of confidence for me. Two six five nine. Yeah, I'm with Banker's Choice. I think he's going pretty well this prep. You know, the, the sort of form guide, 7th and 10th, his last two runs over, I think, Group 1 races. But uh, ran on really well in the Rupert Clark. Not much went right in the Turak last start. Wide draw. Um, yeah, a bit, a bit against, I thought, there. But it was... Uh, Good late. There will be speed on here for a better draw this time around. Posse a little bit closer than sort of for last or second last, but I think he's going really well without much luck, Banker's Choice, and I'm going to give him a chance in this put on top. Two in next two, Valu is really hard to go past, isn't he? Obviously, the Group 1 winner last start did it well there, and just such an honest horse, set to miss the top three in 13 starts, a winner of eight of those, um, drawn ideally, and Sort of park just off that hot speed. In for third, Visionari. And in for fourth, Gentleman Roy. Uh, such an honest horse who has won his only start at the Valley. 8-2-7-6. Sticking with Tuvalu to beat military expert Gentleman Roy and My Oberon. 2-9-6-5. and five. First leg of the quaddy at the Valley on Saturday is race seven, Drummond Golf Vaz. Over the Cox Plate journey of 2040 metres, it is a Group 2 for the three-year-olds at set weights, Joel. Uh, six, Sir Bailey for me. Uh, connections have been saying for a while that they want to put him close to the speed and you'll see a much better horse while they get their chance here. Because there's not much speed engaged. Dashing from a wider gate, he led the Caulfield Guineas. He'll come across, and I think Sir Bailey, just from gate four, over the longer trip with a little early pressure, gets his chance to be put into the race. And I think you'll see a, a pretty good colt. He was good in the Guineas Prelude and then went to the Caulfield Guineas. He drew okay there, but just didn't have the early speed and then didn't have a lot of room in the straight and was only beaten, you know, three and a half lengths. So I think should be an improver 
and I think the market's missed him at a, around $26. Uh, eight, Berardino. I liked him at Flemington last time out in the superimpose. He got up along the inside and looked a fleeting hope. And then uh, Mr. Maestro pulled away. He finished third there. He'll be better for that run over 1,800. And then up towards the top, the more fancied runners. One Barclay Square coming through the Caulfield Guineas. I don't think he'll settle as far back as he did then. We've seen him lead over 1,400. So I think Craig Williams will put him close to the pace and he'll get every chance in two virtuous circle. Really good run from the back in the stut stakes. Six, eight, one and two. But the one, uh, Berkeley Square on top, was quite keen on him in the Guineas. You know, arguably should have won the race. There was a few sort of excuses in that race, but um, I think he was a touch unlucky there. Very good run. Given the impression, always sort of has that he'll appreciate the rise in trip. And I think he can atone for that um, run in the guineas. So he's on top for me. I've got the two in next virtuous circle. Also, it's really uh, on track this preparation. Very good in the stut stakes. Last start, he's obviously got two runs already at Mooney Valley for two good performances. Um, looking like a longer trip will suit. Three uh, pericles and in for fourth, I have the four for Eda Sand. Um, I think it was good from a long way back in the Caulfield Guineas. One, two, three, four. Uh, Barclay Square for me as well, a top rater in the race by 11 points and uh, level weights obviously suits to beat Virtuous Circle, Pericles and Berardino. Second leg of the Quaddy at the Valley on Saturday is race eight, McCafe Mooney Valley Gold Cup. 2,500 metre group two, set weights and penalties, Joel. Uh, one grand promenade for me, ready to peak, I reckon, here, third up. Uh, got back, tempo, uh, pattern tempo against at the Valley first up, and then at Caulfield the other day, just got shuffled out of the race coming to the turn, then was held up early in the straight and sort of worked to the line under his own steam pretty well. Uh, in well with 56 kilos and, yeah, good each way play, I reckon. Stable mate per sand will be a danger. Beating him home his last couple in the JRA Cup and Herbert Cower. Five Lunar Flare, just a talented staying mare that continues to improve. Won this race last year and seems to be going every bit as well, if not better. And 11 Francesco Gardi, who stumbled, nearly fell, and then roared home for second in that Bart Cummings behind Lunar Flare. Obviously, uh, well found by the market now. One on top from 6 5 and 11. With Francesco Gardi, it was an enormous run that Bart Cummings. Joel referenced his. 100 metre mark, we're approaching the 800. He basically, Froggy knew it did well to stay on, but that's how close he was to falling, um, and then was able to pick himself up, charge home, just missed Luna Flair. James McDonald goes on here. I think a horse going really well of late, um, deserves another win this prep, and um, I'm with him to, to go one better than he did last start. So 11 on top, two in next Sacramento. I gave a good chance to last week in the St. Ledger. Um, Sort of was pretty good up on the speed there. Seemingly uh, had his chance, but I thought the run was good on the quick backup, and I think a track like Mooney Valley will suit. Five Lunar Flare, a uh, mare obviously going really well. Good wind went sharply up in trip last start, and in for fourth, I have the three Desert Icon. Good record here at the Valley. 11 2, 5 3. I too am with Francesco Guardi to beat Lunar Flare, Desert Icon, and Sacramento. 11 Five, three, and two. Um, good news for Joel's selection. Grand Promenade, which is drawn barrier three, 
is that Barriers 3 and 4 have provided four of the past five Mooney Valley Gold Cup winners. The big one at the Valley on Saturday, Ladbrokes Cox Plate. 20, 40 metres, wait for age. It is a Group 1 worth $5 million. Joel? Yeah, I am in the camp of the favourite Animo. Just, he's just a winner, isn't he? He's won all three this prep. You know, you could you can you could have forgiven him for being beaten in, in a couple of those runs. Certainly last time where he seemed to be labouring around the turn there at Caulfield, but really knuckled down. Uh, right draw. He's going to handle the cut out of the track if there's going to be some, which it looks like there is. And yeah, I think he's clearly the one to beat. As I referenced earlier, the others you know, need to improve, but perhaps not too much. There's probably not much between a few of them. But I think if he holds his form, then he's very hard to beat. I'll put a few roughies in my selections for second, third, and fourth. And that's the way I'm going to play the race for exotics. Uh, I'm going to go again with Gold Trip, who I liked a bit last week in the Caulfield Cup. He had the race one until the last couple of strides there. Um, this was sort of the race on their radar the whole time, and the Caulfield came, the Cup came up and they put him in that. I like the quick backup blinkers on. I reckon he'll run a, a really good race again. Uh, eight young Verters, still a horse that we haven't seen the best of. His Turnbull run, again, was excellent. That's two years in a row. Draws to do no work, and I reckon he'll run in a really cheeky race. And 11 Profondo, he wasn't suited in the Turnbull. Um, he's still to prove himself at this level. I thought his first couple runs back were pretty good. That third to Animo in the Wink Stakes when wide was encouraging and he hasn't had a lot go right since uh so yeah he might be one to uh, include in your exotics but 10 animo on top from six eight and eleven yeah what a horse animo i sort of thought to myself he was gone last start but silly me bounced back off the canvas and um beat put away a quality field at this trip of course i really should have won last this race last year um Clearly going just as well, three wins leading in. Um, it's just really hard to go past. So 10 on top. I think one Zaki can run a good race too, as most are expecting him. I think a good draw there. Um, we'll sort of settle right up on the pace. And first go up Mooney Valley, but I think if he can handle it well, he'll be real run a bold race. Uh, 12 L. Bodygon in for third. Just got to give those, you know, the European sort of three-year-olds the, the respect they deserve based on the form in this race. And in for fourth, I have the two I'm Thunderstruck. Um, sort of well in queries, 2,000 metres, I thought, last start. And, yeah, certainly going as well as ever. 10-1, 12-2. And very similar from me, Animo, to beat Zaki. I'm Thunderstruck and... Having spent my column this week explaining why El Bodegon wasn't going to win, I uh, have chucked him in for fourth. So I've got 10, 1, 12 and 2. Fun facts about Cox Plate. The favourite won five straight from 2015 to 2019. Of course, four of those five was Winks. Uh, but only one of the other 11 since 2006. So uh, there have been a few fairly obvious looking ones that haven't won. So uh, we'll see. Uh, no Cox Plate winner has come off an unplaced run since... So you think in 2009, which could be bad news for Alligator Blood and other bad news for him is that uh, the vets have found him to be lame. Um, so he will need to be vetted again before being passed fit to run. Uh, the other ones who are coming off an unplaced run are Mr. Brightside, Moanga and Profondo. The past five Cox Plate winners have jumped from five or wider with uh, the favourite in four. So there you go. But still, I'm uh, fairly... Comfortable with having Animo on top, as are the other 
fellows. Race 10, we finish with. Last leg of the quaddy, last race of the day. Powerflow Solutions, Tessio Stakes, 1,600 metres for the Mares. It is a Group 3 handicap job. Really like one here, number four, Douceur. Just hopefully it's not a blinding front runner's trap because if it's not, I think she's going to go very close and she's $19. First up last prep, she finished second last at Flemington but had 60 kilos and was just sort of having a hit out and then when she went to the Valley second up over the mile and arguably should have won the Alexandra Stakes beating Daisy who, is, well, she's franked the form this prep by winning another feature at the Valley. Uh, Douceur first up this prep again Bernie beat one home that was in the group two blaze it was a real sprint home they had a lot fast last 600 there and I thought it was more than a pass mark she's been back to the trials won a trial she handles the wet yeah really like her as long as uh, they can make some ground five uh, my whisper in for second uh, down from Sydney where she's come through the Scirocco and Golden Pendant this is easier one Cirileo miss back in form this prep uh, strong win second up at Caulfield at a price if she can hold that she's got to be a hope and six roots, very smart uh, mare who has come back in good order, winning uh, just a couple of benchmark races in Sydney. They've just sort of taken her along quietly, trying to find the drier tracks, I think. She's had a soft five and a soft six. So uh, if it's around those conditions, she can certainly win. But uh, pretty keen on four from five, one and six. Yeah, I like the look of roots. Um, two wins in benchmark grade, as Joel said, but they've been pretty convincing performances, doing it with big weights as well. Here, third up, which just like the look of her, back to 54 kilos. A good draw, and I just think she's a horse with uh, plenty of ability and can win the race at ra- this race and better races in time. So keen on her in the last five. And next, my whisper, fitter for two runs, back from a spell. They've been okay um, in tougher races to what she sees here. You know, she's a class mare, and she's just going to keep improving as she goes up in trip. One, Sarah Leo miss. Last start winner and in for fourth. I got agreeable. They won the Murray Bridge Cup over this trip um, last Friday. So I'm a bit of a quick backup here. Um, but a mare going well. Six five one three. Cyril Leo miss for me to beat agreeable Mississippi and Roots one three nine and six. My best was race seven number one Barclay Square. My value bet race four number ten Everglade. Uh, Dan's bests was Roots, which is race 10, number 6. His value bet, well, (laughs) let's say your next best, Dan, is uh, race uh, 8, number 11, Francesco Guardi, who will be a fairly warm favourite, I would have thought. Joel's value bet we just heard about, race 10, number 4, Dusseur. Joel, the one race we didn't cover, your best. Uh, Race 2, number 4, Ashford Street. Quick word. Yeah, I reckon he'd be very hard to beat. It's a competitive race. It's, you know, $6 the field, I think. There's a few chances, but I really like him. I thought his first up run was good over the 9.55 with the 61. And then in last week's Caulfield sprint, um, you know, crossing the line with Generation, I just think that form's stronger. You're going to get over the odds because of the unfashionable stable jockey, and I think he's going to be very hard to beat. Yes, well, I'm with him too, so I uh, hope you're right. Let's head up to Randwick. Uh, where, as we speak, or at least on Thursday morning, the uh, track is a soft seven. should be uh, a little bit firmer than we have seen at, uh, at, uh, up, at up in Sydney in recent weeks. And we go all the way through to race six before we hit a black type race. It is the Grain Shaker Brian Crowley Stakes, 1,200-metre listed event, set weights and penalties for three-year-olds. Joel? 
we're playing a couple of fillies here at decent odds. Ten Chalanti, I was keen on at Caulfield. Coming around the turn, I got a bit excited. She looked like she was going to loom into the race and then just looked like she got in her wrong leg and just didn't finish off at all. So I just don't think she handled the Melbourne weight. Uh, so I'm giving her another chance. Uh, nine Spicy Hot Pot was excellent first up at Warwick Farm. Was well-backed, got too far back and had good late splits. I think there's plenty of upside with her. Uh, so I'll be having something on both of them. Uh, one, the Victorian visitor, Thron Bone, won three in a, uh, in a row last prep and then bumped into uh, some smart ones in the vein and willing a beast in for fourth, although if not here, I'll promote number two, Coat. Uh, ten on top from nine, one and six. With Chelancey back to the Sydney way of going, um, a bit of an excuse last start at Caulfield, but look, she had been tracking out well prior to that. She's a filly with plenty of upside and race of little confidence. I'm sure I'll look for a bit of value. So 10 on top for me. In for second, I have the eight, Miss Hellfire. A bit disappointing last start, but there was a slow recovery there, and so you've got to be forgiving of that. Was placed behind Roots at Warwick Farm, two back. Um, as long as it's not too wet, she's a, she's an each-way chance. Uh, Northern Beach is in for third. I think back to 1,200 is uh, good for this Colton. And in for fourth, I have the uh, three, Insurrection. My numbers, 10, 8, 4, 3. Race 7 at Royal Randwick on Saturday is the TAB Calendar Presnell, formerly known as the Stan Fox. Set weights for three-year-olds over 1,600 metres. It's the first leg of the quaddy. It's also the first one of these races worth, uh, the first uh, of, of three in a row races worth seven figures. In dollar terms, this one is worth one million. Joel, the uh, Caulfield Guineas winner comes here. But uh, you found one to beat him. Yeah, well, that was a real blanket finish in the Guineas. Yes, he won it. And he hasn't done much wrong, and he's going to be a deserved favourite. But I thought there was a horse here with a bit of upside that might give him a run for his money, and I speak of number five, Flag of Honour. He was very good in the Ming Dynasty. He wasn't really in the right part of the track. The inside gate was not really helpful on the heavy ground and the dull supply last time. And most people thought he was going to go to the spring champion, but Chris Lees has elected to keep him back to the mile and put the blinkers on. So I'll go with him to beat one golden mile. Uh, six Burgunder, I spe- expected more of him in the Tap Craig a fortnight ago, but it just looked to be too heavy for him. He can improve. And the filly, a lot more love on the radar, certainly. Blinkers went on last week, and she was very impressive winning the Reginald Allen. And earlier in the prep, she had form around Machalate, who... Ran well against Golden Mile, so certainly in this uh, with a bit of a hope. Five on top from one, six and ten. And hard to go past Golden Mile, just uh, really well in at the weights. And of course, a group one winner over this trip last start. Won't dive in at the price, but um, looks a good one for the multis. I think Golden Mile should be too classy for these. Three Basquiat in next. Uh, also can sort of mix his form, perhaps a bit too... Wet last start, but I think his best form is good for a race like this. He could certainly be running on well. In for third, I have Communist having a good debut preparation. Um, been up for six runs now, but keeps running well and and you know already builds a pretty good record from that six starts. And I've got Joel's picking for fourth flag of honour. Uh, one, three, four, five. The. Uh Big one, and uh, my fun fact about the calendar personal is that seven of the past eight winners have jumped from gates one to three. So that's uh, the bottom three saddlecloths here, Monastery, Field Commander, and a lot more love. 
The spring champion is race eight, second leg of the Quaddy Moen Chandon, spring champion indeed, 2,000 metres. Group one set weights for three-year-olds. 13 of the past 14 winners have come off a last start, first or second. So elliptical, sharp and smart, matcha latte, Manzois, She's Extreme and Renaissance Woman all in that category. And the favourite has won this race in six of the past seven years, Joel. But uh, you've got one at a bit of odds here. Yeah, it's a pretty competitive spring champion. You can make cases for several of these, but I'm sticking with Manzois. She's a bolt of light from day one. A good result winning a Saturday race as a maiden back in August, and then they freshened him up and went to the Ming Dynasty, and that was sort of the fork in the road race to see, I guess, what race they tackled. He just found them too sharp, so up and trip it was, and he went to the 1800 against the older horses last time. I thought he was very good. It was a genuinely run race, so I think we can trust that for me at good late sectionals. Uh, the winner, White Marlin, has been down to Caulfield, won again since, so nothing wrong with that form. Crying out for 2,000 metres, and I think he's a really good each-way chance. Hate to jump off uh, last week's winner, Renaissance Woman, who's back up to Sydney and on the backup. I reckon she's a great chance, too. That was a strong win at Caulfield. Probably didn't beat a lot compared to what she's meeting here, but really like this girl, and I think there's uh, plenty of room to uh, plenty of improvement still to come. Uh, so I'll be having a saver on her. And then I've got the gloaming Quinella in next best. Machalafe missed the start, surged forward, um, got into a real two-horse war and was just nosed out by Sharp and Smart. Not much between that pair. And I've got them in for third and fourth. Nine, 12, five and three. With elliptical on top of the way surge to the line in the Caulfield Guineas, Stundy or Colt gives every impression 2,000 metres will suit. And... Um, off that run last start, I think he will be hard to beat. And this 12 Renaissance woman on the back, back up, uh, really impressive win at 2000 metres last weekend. Um, she's a, a filly who sort of you know, has runs on the board over this trip already. So she has to be given a, a big hope. In for third, I have the 10. She's extreme, group one winner. A good behind the informs who got your last start. And in for fourth, I have the three sharp and smart. Um, she can't knock winning form two from two this preparation and um, certainly a winning chance as well but one on top pretty keen on him of 12 11 3 and the other big race at Randwick on Saturday sees both your value bets coming up it's worth 2 million it's the invitation 1400 meters set weights and penalties for fillies and mares Joel uh, giving another chance to promise of success. Uh, she just got too far back on that heavy 10 track against the pattern of the day and really had no hope in the Nivison. A fortnight ago, bet and hopefully not as biased here, and I think she'll uh, run a much improved race on her autumn form. She's right in the mix. Three ice bath just always gets better as the campaign gets deeper. Hasn't won since this race last year, but you'd have to say she's going probably better. She chased home Zaki, then Animo, and then ran fourth in the Epsom. Uh, she'd only been placed uh, once in her four lead-in runs to this race last year. Ten Espiona, getting towards D-Day for her. Her two runs have been good without setting the world on fire, just putting the head on the side. That awkward uh, head carry is a slight worry, but third up, ready to peak, and eight Barb Raider uh, taken out of Caulfield last week. I reckon she can run a cheeky race fresh. Five from three, ten, and eight. With Forbidden Love on top, um, She's, I think, going okay. This preparation's a 
wide draws have sort of been um, detriment to her. And look, I think back into a, a mare's back against her own sex anyway. Uh, she has to be respected. Blake Sheen, informed jockey, takes a ride and, as I said, a, a much get, likely get a much softer run and should be parking right up on the speed. It's forbidden love, so I think she can um, add her first win of the preparation. She's already full-time winner at this track. Uh, man, wet tracks don't bother her. So forbidden love to turn her form around here. In for second, I've got the three ice bath, who look a little disappointing in the Epsom. I thought he's, she's finished fourth. But I think a few would have expected her to do a bit more better than that. She was quite over five lengths away from the winner. Um, But her best form, she can mix it, but her best form is certainly good enough. And she's also back to mare's grade. In for third, I have Espiona. And fourth, Nimalee. One on top, though, of three, ten and two. Okay, as mentioned, they were the boys' value bets. Race nine, number five, promise of success for Joel. And race nine, number one, forbidden love for Daniel. Daniel's best race eight, number one, elliptical. Joel, we haven't heard about your best on the Rambic program, uh, which Daniel is tipping as well, and that's race five, number four, Diamil. Yeah, on the backup here, John O'Shea looks to have perfectly placed this import. Uh, his first two runs back have been pretty good. He's finished midfield both times, didn't have a lot of room last week, and a race of little pressure. Uh, last preparation, he was on the quick backup when he won a listed race over the mile at Eagle Farm. So, I think it's a good recipe for success here and also down in weight off those uh, two runs back from a spell. The market's found him, his favourite, and I think deservedly so. It'd be hard to beat. All righty. Daniel, um, tell us about what you have found at Morfordville where there's a massive 10 race card on Saturday. Yeah, best bet comes in race seven, uh, Pearl Rain, Patrick Payne, trained mare. She resumes at the class two at Wagga. But it was a quite a good win uh, with the 16.5 kilos on her back. She dropped to 57 here, um, up to 1,800 metres, I think, will really suit her. She's a horse that's run well over the longer trips and um, I think well-placed here from Patrick Payne. I think Pearl Rain goes back-to-back to start the prep off. Race 7, number 2. The comes up in race 3. Sabona getting out to uh, 2,000 metres now is really going to suit this gelding. He's got an excellent record over the trip. Um, Murray Bridge Cup sort of back buried on the fence there, never really featured um, but did win uh, third up last preparation when rising to this trip and I think continues that good form at 2,000 metres so Sabona best value race 3-2 and the best race 7 number 2 Pearl Rain Joel any thoughts on Adelaide? No nothing for me there Bart Okay we'll head up to Doomben Dan where there's a 10 race car there as well and it's been raining yeah, it has, and Doomman, we know, it doesn't drain nearly as well as Eagle Farm, so likely heavy track on Saturday with a bit of rain forecast on um, on race day as well. But that will suit my best bet, proper rogue, three for three on a heavy track. Did win on dry ground last time, showing he's a very versatile horse, but I think on these tracks you certainly give you give him the tick, these wet, really wet tracks, and Doomman as well, a happy hunting ground for him. Um, bit of a wide draw, but you can settle three wide with cover. Speed on, I think he'll uh, be charging home late and looks hard to beat. Race eight, number four. Uh, the value comes up in race number five. Was with this mare a couple of times the last prep, Dragon Miss, and um, the two sort of runs, she, the two duck execs to her name, but she both 
both had excuses in those starts. So willing to be a little bit forgiving. She's up first up here. She's a good fresh mare. But what I really liked was the, uh, the tour and patrol win from last. Wasn't really asked to do much, but when given a slight urge at the top of the straight, really let down nicely. Showed a sharp turn of foot there. Ran over the top of Sir Warwick, who's a well-performed horse. Um, drag and miss on these wet tracks too has some good form. So is a big price, but probably from the fashionable stable, you know, might be a, sort of a, a factor for that. But I think Dragon Miss does tick a lot of boxes here, and um, I hope she can reign supreme first up, race five, number three. All righty. At Ascot on Saturday, there is the black type race. It's a good one too. It's uh, the Drummond Golf Belgravia Stakes, race seven, over there, and a bit of a match race perhaps between uh, Snowdome and the returning undefeated Amelia's Jewel. Our Perth man, Greg Hooper, is going for Snowdome. In fact, made Snowdome the best on the program to beat Amelia's Jewel, rumour says, and Penny on the Queen. One, two, six, and seven. Uh, as I mentioned, race seven, number one, Snowdome is Hoops' best, and his value bet race nine, number 12, Atlantis Beach. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman Joel, they are racing at Tarapa and Rickerton. Yeah, a couple of good programs, uh, particularly at Tarapa. We've got some good three-year-olds going around. Uh, my best bet comes up in one of those key three-year-old races. It's the Soliloquy Stakes for the Phillies, race five. And some smart ones here, but I'm with two, a legato. Two from two. The first up win was very good, ran good late splits to overcome a bit of a slow start. Whitish gate, going to need a little bit of luck, but I think her class will shine through here. And my value bet is race six, number 14, Sophia's Magic. Uh, she was, I was keen on her a couple of weeks ago, and from a pretty good gate, was caught three wide and then didn't finish off. A little bit disappointing, um, but happy to give her another chance with the senior rider back aboard, Vinnie Colgan. He was aboard first up, and she ran a cracking race for fifth, so I think she deserves another chance. And at Rickerton, uh, down in the south, another horse I'm giving another chance to. Um, where there's smoke, there's fire, hopefully. Race 11, number 16, Pahi Lass. I liked her last week, and then she was 650 into $4, but unfortunately a bit slow to begin and just never got into the race. But uh, I like the quick back up and the step up in trip, and, yeah, be keen to follow the market again. So I'm going to give her another go. Race 11, number 16, as the best. And my value, race 2, number 3, you have seen. Settled back first up. Ran into a bit of trouble and wasn't really tested by the jockey in the straight. Uh, on the debut run, went fourth earlier in the year. Uh, looks to have talent, this guy, and I thought second up with a bit more luck, he could take beating. Alrighty, that wraps up a massive Saturday of racing around Australasia. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. And we're coming off one of our better performance, uh, better performances. Renaissance woman for Joel uh, did uh, very well at around about six bucks, and uh, Saint Bethans for me uh, also was around about that sort of four dollars fifty mark. So for your sixty bucks on the uh, 
on Super Tab Win, you would have got back 210. Let's see if we can keep it going. I am going to go uh, a little bit, despite that uh, success, I'm going to go a little bit half-hearted on Saturday and go each way on race two, number four at the Valley, Ashford Street. Joel? Yeah, I'll go each way as well, and I'll go to the last at the Valley, uh, round 18 and four, uh, race 10, number four, Doucet. Yeah. Could be rocks or, di- rocks or diamonds here. I'm going to go each way with mine as well. Um, Doombin, race five, number three. Ten each way, Dragon Miss. All righty. That wraps up this week's podcast. Leaves us only to remind you to uh, pick up your winning post if you haven't already. All the form for Friday, Saturday and Sunday and all your favourite features and plenty of good reading besides. And it is available online as we speak and first thing Friday morning in the shops. Have a great Cox Plate Plate weekend, everybody. Back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.